Game Changer Episode 16, Can Gamified Wellness Deliver a Winning ROI? Featuring Josh Stevens of Kias. Welcome to Game Changer, a series on using gamification to engage employees. Join us as industry experts discuss one of the hottest trends in business today. Using game thinking to engage employees in work, wellness, recruiting, and more. This is a special podcast series by the producers of the top-rated podcast, The Engaging Leader. And now, with nearly 20 years of experience helping engage hundreds of thousands of employees at Fortune 500 companies and other organizations, here's your host, Jesse Leahy. Welcome to the show, Game Changers. This is the show for CEOs, HR executives, and other business leaders to learn about internal gamification. Over the course of this series, you'll hear examples and pitfalls, discover how to assess when it's an appropriate strategy, and learn to evaluate gamification partners and game design ideas. In the past couple of weeks, a congressionally mandated report on workplace wellness programs created for the U.S. Department of Labor and the Department of Health and Human Services was released to the public. The report was created by the RAND Corporation, a nonprofit research institution. The results are rather sobering, suggesting that although 51% of large U.S. employers offer a workplace wellness program, they don't seem to be actually saving much money for employers. In fact, it suggests that most of the reported claims on ROI for workplace wellness are just hyped up and provided hyped up information provided by vendors. Kios is one corporate wellness provider that probably wasn't surprised by the report's conclusions. Kios is a company that Mashable said began as the mint.com for health and became the Farmville for corporate wellness. Back in 2010, Kios realized that it was failing to make an impact, and so it revamped its entire program with a gamification approach. Today, we'll find out what kind of difference that made and whether Kios is producing an ROI for employers that rises above the disappointing results talked about in the RAND report. Josh Stevens has been in the tech world for many years at companies like AOL, TicketsNow.com, and You Send It. Today, he is the CEO of Kias. Josh, welcome to Game Changer. Good morning. It's great to be here. Josh, what's your story and what led you to join Kias earlier this year? When I joined Kias, there were three reasons that were profoundly impacting my life at the time. One was I had met the founder, Adam Bosworth, in the year prior, and we had stayed in touch. And Adam had, has had a disruptive effect on multiple industries, including databases, including spreadsheets, including web standards, and including health. And this is his fifth act and fifth major disruptive product that's transforming uh, an industry. And being associated with and working with a bright light like that was an enormous opportunity. Second reason uh, is I, I'm in my late 30s, and as I uh, recently had a life insurance exam, I was told that the risk factors associated with my height, weight, and BMI uh, would cause me to have a shortened lifespan if I didn't lose 30 pounds. And uh, I realized immediately that this whole wellness thing 
isn't just a thing, it isn't just talk, it's actually, there's a meaningful opportunity here, not only for myself, but for millions of other people. And then the third issue is the time is right. Uh, healthcare is going through tremendous uh, disruption and reorganization now as it becomes a more transparent and consumer-friendly business. And the opportunity to help people and make a great business at the same time, this is the moment in healthcare. Now, you mentioned Adam Bosworth, who started Kiosk back in 2009. How did that come to be? Adam had started the, one of the first electronic health records products, which was Google Health. And it was, um, it was really pioneering and the first time that you could organize your information online in an easy-to-use, consumer-friendly way. And after Google Health, Adam had to create the Mint.com for Health, which was how could you not only organize... But also, how do you act on that information and make the information about your own health news you can use um, to plan and to budget, just like you would in Mint, but for your health, and to make it an effective online tool. And that was the original vision for Kias. Adam had that vision when he was still at Google, launched Google Health around that vision. After a period of time, felt that he wasn't getting enough support at Google, so he left in 2007. In 2009, launched Kiosk all around that vision. But by 2010, realized that out of the 40,000 users that Kiosk had acquired at that point, only a very small percentage were truly engaged, were coming back to the website on at least once a week on some kind of regular basis. And so Kias turned to a more gamification approach to the platform. One of the reasons I love Kias as a story about why gamification can be such an effective tool to engage audiences is that here is a player in the gamification market that actually had to turn to gamification itself in order to bring a vision to reality. The initial version of Kias was about health plans, meaning get your data organized and racked and stacked from your biometrics. And then they, based on what that data says, there's a rules engine that then suggests a health plan for you to follow, a protocol. For example, if your cholesterol is high, here's the protocol for reducing it. And these are uh, relatively uh, well-known protocols that the medical profession has documented. And when you go to the doctor and you have a biometric screening and the doctor says, here's the 18 things you should do, taking those 18 things and putting it into an online plan that you could basically check the boxes as you go. That was the first version. So get the data organized and then give the consumer the approach and the plan to act on that data to improve their health. The learning was that it was like giving consumers homework which is really no different than what the doctors uh, do when they give you a bunch of paper to take home to say, follow this protocol. Health plans are like castor oil. No one wants to take them. So uh, the big learning was how do, you, how do we take the intent of helping folks improve their health based on their actual data and make it fun? Because if it's fun versus homework, it'll be more appealing. And then further, how do we make it social? And if it's social, then there's a reason to not just do this as a sole, uh, solo participant, but actually to share stories, best practices, commiserate even, maybe talk some trash with friends and family who are on the same health journey to lose weight, stop smoking, uh, improve their nutrition and eating habits. And making things fun and social was the big uh, aha 
for TS 2.0. What were some of the specific changes that you made? Well, literally, the user interface went from what was more of a stepwise SAP enterprise software kind of portal to more of a, um, imagine Facebook for your health. Easy to use, no training required, highly graphical and visual, with a social feed um, in the center of the screen. Those participants on the platform were also going through their health journeys, sharing and socializing about what they're doing to eat better, walk more, maybe work out, and, uh, and improve their health and the progress that they're seeing. And I remember Adam talking about the difference in engagement was night and day, that before this shift, it would, there were a very small percentage of employees that would be logging back into the site on a weekly basis. And he said he noticed the, the difference in Thanksgiving of 2010, where he saw at least 40 to 50 percent of employees coming back online and posting something at most companies. But on average, it was a, it was no less than a third of people coming back online and, and interacting. That's right. Kias had cracked the code of sustained engagement by making the experience fun and social. I remember some of the some of the specific things that changed as well. In the original, like let's call it Kias 1.0, it was a lot of the components would be similar to on WebMD where you'd have articles about health topics. So, hey, if you find out you have high blood pressure, here's some articles you can read about high blood pressure. In 2.0, it was more small chunks and quizzes. And you guys were surprised at how much people loved those quizzes and, and they actually ran through more quizzes than you ever expected them to in a, in a short-term period. That's right. In the first month of, of participation, uh, users uh, chew through about 28 quizzes, which are really uh, educational, entertainment, um, uh, information snacking, uh, ways to understand how to eat better, what are healthier choices, for example, by presenting two foods and asking the user to select which is the healthier or lower cal choice or the less fat option. Um, by making the uh, experience about education or information fun and also social, when you take those quizzes and when you get five out of five right, you can share that with the feed and with the community. And then they can click the link to take the quiz as well, and then they can share their results. It becomes a viral activity. This is a key, a key insight that uh, we didn't discover it for the first time. Uh, we give all the social media companies full credit. But when you can share your experience with others online, well, first, it's easy. It's pretty much clicking the button, hitting like or share. And second, it's something people want to do because it connects them to other people who are like them on a, on a health journey or trying to accomplish a, a goal or an objective around their health. And uh, that bonding is really what keeps people coming back. People who are on teams, Kia's is a team-based product. Um, meaning in order to get the full benefit of the, of the product, you need to join a team of, of six, of five others. And uh, we've learned that, um, and this is through extensive user testing, when you're on a team, you're six times more likely to participate than if you're a sole participant. And that's because the teams egg each other on, they uh, encourage each other, they push each other, and they, the positive reinforcement and the attaboys and attagirls that come out of that experience, and also the inspiration um, for example, uh, I had some oatmeal this morning. I took a picture of my smartphone and uh, uploaded it to the social feed of the healthy choice I had, which was oatmeal with almond milk and fruit for breakfast. 
that immediately gets likes and responses from others, uh, both on my team and in the community, who are also having healthy choices for breakfast. And of those who don't comment or post and just see or view this like their morning newspaper as they get to work or on their way to work, they get inspired about what else they can do to have a healthy choice for breakfast that they might otherwise not have even thought about. Oh, that's interesting. So we've been talking about the major pivot that Kias made in 2010, and you fast forward a couple of years, and here in early 2013, you've released sort of the next generation. What's that about? The next generation of Kias is something we call the 360-365 platform. It's 360 because it's a 360 approach to wellness not just a walking solution, not just a dieting solution, not just a nutrition solution or a fitness solution or a mind-body-health stress management solution. It's all of these things. We believe that in order to be effective with regard to health and wellness and improving people's health, you have to look at a comprehensive view about health and wellness, not just uh, one of the verticals or one of the points. So that's the 360. The 365 is... It's something that's designed and implemented to be utilized every day of the year, all 365 days a year. Um, this is a key, these, these two um, ideas, 360 and 365 to wellness, are unique to Kias. No one else in the market is doing either of these. We see a lot of folks who are doing health-based uh, solutions around nutrition or steps and walking solutions, but we don't see anyone doing all of these things. We also don't see anyone using a, an approach and an architecture to an experience that is um, habituated to daily life. Kias is something that you can participate in just like people might participate in Facebook every day or might read the paper every day. It's easily consumable and participatory uh, in 10 to 15 minutes every day as part of your normal routine. And it involves you know, how you share what you're eating for meals, getting uh, suggestions to take walking meetings, and and reporting the progress on the goals that you're making over time and the activities you're taking towards those goals as part of daily life, small changes in your behavior. So by making it comprehensive, both as part of your workflow every day versus a parallel workflow that's unnatural, and by making it comprehensive, it's something that uh, it's building on the learnings we've had that uh, you have to make it fun and social and thread it into daily life and make it real, make it comprehensive for it to stick. My understanding is for the last couple of years, Kiosk has been primarily operating through 12-week programs. And I wondered if an employer wants to implement Kiosk, is the 12-week program still available uh, or does it totally go away with the 360-365 platform? Employers can have three-month programs if they want, but we've architected 360-365 to have flexibility meaning the default nature is it's monthly challenges that are elective and optional to all participants. However, if an employer would like to have challenges every other month, they can do that. If they'd like to have two month long challenges, they may do that. If they'd like to have three month long challenges, they may do that. It's, it's really the have it your way approach. You know, the platform is flexible and can scale up or scale down the, t the tenure of the challenge. What we've learned, however, is that if you can make it um, shorter duration, but long enough to have a project or a goal that folks can work on together, um, it will be more effective from a participation standpoint. And this is why we're defaulting to monthly challenges. Um, it's like much like that of the entertainment model that folks are very used to, or the magazine model. In January, there's a theme around uh, what you can, New Year and New You. In February, 
It can be focused around Valentine's and you know heart healthy living in March. It can be focused around you know things you can do now that it's spring and so on. And taking this editorialized approach that there's something fresh and different served every month also sustains engagement because let's face it, if you read the same newspaper every day, you'd stop reading on day two. Uh, you have to keep the product fresh and the experience um, different and inviting and engaging so that folks have a reason to learn, participate, and dig in more every day. So on the one hand, you have this everyday Facebook-type experience that is 365 and just lives on. And on the other hand, you have short-term challenges to create a buzz, if you will. Well, I'd say this. It's, it's much like um, in order to create healthy habits and to build habituated behavior, you have to keep people for the long run. In order to do that, we editorialize daily and monthly so that there's always something fresh every day and there's always a new theme every month to keep people coming back and you know, participating in, uh, on different levels. They can participate on their daily goals, their weekly goals, and then a monthly challenge. And, uh, and this is more consistent with you know, reading a monthly magazine, but you might just read an article today, you might read an article tomorrow, but there's a, a book of material to read through the month and to enjoy. When it's online, it's even better because you can share it, um, you can post about it, you can comment, and you can get inspired and take action on the material that we share with our, um, that we publish with our users, so they can actually go out and you know, make that recipe for dinner, or go out and take that walking meeting, or go out and create a... Uh, a challenge around uh, lowering cholesterol with their friends. And uh, having content be editorialized so that it's informative and that it's fun and entertaining, but also actionable is really the key for us. So the employer has flexibility in what challenges to implement, but you're taking care of all that, that whole editorial calendar and coming up with the ideas. The employer doesn't have to think about well, it's February, what should we do this month? Uh, what kind of challenge can we have? You're basically making it available for them to turn on if they want to. That's exactly right. I mean, you know, let's face it. The job of an HR professional who has to implement both talent acquisition, talent engagement, talent retention, uh, benefit selection, um, health and wellness, uh, among a myriad of other uh, benefits and offerings in the company, has a lot to do. What Kias does that's different and special for the HR executive is we give them one platform that is turnkey, that is comprehensive, that has centralized reporting, enables them not to have five different vendors around health and wellness, not, they don't have to have one guy for content and one guy for biometrics and one guy for a social uh, product. It's all in one place. And it's a flexible platform that lets us ingest and or take in third-party content for example, we have a customer who built their own portal, their own WebMD, and no one uses it because it's a parallel workflow that someone has to go find in addition to using 14 other portals um, distributed by the company to access benefits. And we, we came up with a, uh, a jointly developed solution where we said, that content you developed is great. Why don't we feature it in Kias and pull that in so that the end user only has to go to one place for that content and for their challenges and for their goals and objectives and their biometrics. And as you might imagine, the client was thrilled because we're making their life easier. We're also making the lives of the end users, the employees easier. And if you make things easier for people, it's more accessible and it's more participatory. What's the cost structure if uh, an HR department or an employer wants to implement Kias? So Kias is priced out on a per eligible per year basis. And the 360, 365 
platform lists at $25 per head per year. And do you have uh, any plans at other, that are available at other prices too? Absolutely. There's a series of uh, options to integrate third-party products and services. For example, if a company uses RunKeeper and Fitbit and Nike Fuel, we can integrate those into the Corkeus platform um, very easily. And so we basically say Corkeus, which is 360-365 as a platform, is a turnkey solution available to all your employees. If you'd like to augment it and integrate it with third-party systems, devices, content, uh, that's all um, add-ons that are easy to do. Uh, and if you'd like to customize it, those are also options that we can have so that it's really tailored with a look and feel like that of the company and its culture. Spouses can participate uh, in Kios as well. And when we sell, to be clear, when we say it's $25 per eligible per year, that includes every eligible and their dependents. Spouses and dependents are covered as part of the, the basic rate. And we've learned that spouses are critical to driving participation. When you get the spouse involved of the employee, they actually join a team together and they help each other. Uh, they have mutual interests. They can actually win incentives and prizes for their efforts and also for the glory of being the winning couple. So covering the spouse is a, is a crucial part of the team dynamic in Kias. That's a good point. And I also have clients where when they look at the data, they see that spouses actually make up over 50% of their health care costs. So it's that in addition to in addition to the fact that they're important for the overall engagement, just the dollars alone makes them a pretty important audience to be looking at. That's right. And let's face it, as someone who has a spouse, uh, or with people, you know, understand the spouse uh, relationship, the there's no one you'll listen to more usually than your spouse. And if you're partnered up with your life partner on something around your longevity and your health and wellness particularly when it affects how you can spend time with your family and your children, or if you can extend your longevity with your family and your children, it's a big motivator. The number one thing that really drives participation is spousal involvement. And the number two thing beyond that is the impact and the awareness that it drives for the user to actually have more time, potentially more life, more life span with their family. Josh, in the past couple of weeks, the RAND study has been released this was a congressionally mandated report on workplace wellness programs created for the U.S. Department of Labor, and it paints a rather sobering view of workplace wellness programs, suggesting that a lot of employers are assuming it's going to pay off, but that the ROI that's often thrown around regarding wellness is really just hype that the vendors have put forth. Do you see a report like that? Is that good news or bad news for kiosks? First, let me say I haven't read the report, and it's on my desk of things I need to read this week. I just came back from a, my first vacation in a year. Um, but I will be able to comment on the report in a couple of days if you'd like to do a follow-up on the RAND report. I'm happy to do it. With regard to um, the ROI of wellness and reports like the RAND report, I think they're all, that's fantastic for the business and for the industry for anyone to have a critical view of what's going on because it only makes everyone who's participating in the business better. Um, for our part, and again, I haven't read the report so I can't comment on the report, but we've taken a very disciplined approach that says in order to deliver value to customers, we have to be able to help them in ways they can't help themselves. And one way that we know we can help employers is to drive engagement and participation 
which is going to be required for sustainable improvement in health. That's non-controversial to everyone we've spoken to, and we're shocked that no one else in the industry is going in this direction yet. But there's a lot of folks we see who are getting ready to follow, because if you think about it logically, it's just like uh, practicing for a sport or practicing for a rehearsal for a play or practicing for a speech you're going to give or, or doing your job. If you're going to um, get to an end goal or a result, practice makes perfect, and practice requires participation, and participation requires dedication and engagement. And if you can't get people to engage and participate, we don't understand how you could possibly get any useful, meaningful, or sustainable result in the end. So we're focusing on what we know we can do, which is drive participation and engagement immediately and over the long run as a sustained measure of employee involvement. Based on that, we're also benchmarking uh, employees with biometrics at the beginning of their participation, and we benchmark along the way so that we can track improvement in health risks and in claims costs over time. You know, the data for every population will speak for itself. We won't speak for the future or how one population may fare versus another. But we will absolutely defend and uh, make stake our claim to, if you can't get people to participate, the rest doesn't really matter. It's just smoke and mirrors. And so we are a big believer in driving engagement and participation in a sustained way is the only true way to get to any meaningful result that's measurable and manageable. Over time, we look forward to, to guaranteeing and driving results on the uh, healthcare side. But in fairness, uh, I've been at Kias for a year, and my view is, and our, the view of our product team and our medical advisors, is to have a real impact on health that's statistical and that's defensible. We'll need a large population, and we'll need multiple um, cross-sections of the population, for example, not just a manufacturer, but also a knowledge worker company and different geographies so we can really cross-section the, the country. And also, we're going to need three years. We're going to need three years from start to finish to actually have statistically meaningful clinical data that effectively says, here's the measurable impact on health and health claims. I find there's little controversy around the ability to improve health around the right behaviors. But what I am also finding is people are making the claims without having the data or having the track record. So we've taken a principled approach to not make those claims around health cost reduction as guarantee or as a commit up front, but rather say, let's build a plan together that looks at how do we benchmark, how do we get people to participate and engage, which we will guarantee, and then how do we benchmark again so that we can actually give you the data and let the data speak for itself. And we'll look at engagement and participation and those risk factors reduced or affected over time versus those who don't participate. And uh, we're confident that that data will bear out well in the end. But we know that if we're going to get to the promised land of reduced healthcare costs, we have to focus on what we can control today, which is participation and engagement. What kinds of figures are you seeing with your clients in terms of if we just start with participation and engagement? So it depends. It depends on how a client rolls out a wellness program. One of the biggest learnings I've had over the last year visiting with uh, our hundred customers and with hundreds of other prospects is that most HR departments and corporations haven't taken the time or don't have the luxury of time to plan and make a planful approach to how they will market and sell participation in a benefits program to their employees. Um, specifically, 
Open enrollment is a, an event that happens once per year. And at most large corporations, which, by the way, I don't know if I made clear, our target market are America's largest employers that have over 1,000 employees. That's about 10,000 firms. Uh, it's, about, it's about 100 million uh, American workers. And the open enrollment event occurs once a year and usually registers an employee for 10 or 12, sometimes 15 benefits programs, including health and wellness. And what's interesting, uh, we've found, is that traditionally and historically, wellness and health, while they may be registered for an open enrollment, there's no follow-up and there's no programmatic approach after the open enrollment event except for going to see your doctor. So the result has been that wellness programs get rolled out by companies. The employee may or may not have access to an online portal that has wellness and health and usually never logs into it because it's poorly understood or not marketed at all. So what we've taken upon ourselves is to offer CRM or you know, customer relationship management to the employer so that when they roll out Kios, we actually will market the program to the employees. We will do the email notifications. We will do the SMS notifications. We'll integrate with the IT department so that it's actually part of the workflow of what happens at the company every day. If we don't do that, it's just another thing that someone signed up for as part of benefits registration and open enrollment that they may not even know about. Because as, if you've ever been through an open enrollment process, there's a lot of forms to fill out. There's a lot of things to click and check off. And then you get your insurance card, and that's typically the end of it. What we're doing now with employers is saying, we'll integrate Kias into open enrollment. And as part of that, we'll then have a registration and a kickoff through email and through texts with every employee who's part of the corporate mail and or phone system so we can actually reach and communicate with them after the registration event. This is a very basic direct marketing approach that's practical and reasonable and employers love it because they don't have the time to do the corp com internally to reach out and educate their employees about the benefits they've just given them. And so getting it to have the communications layer with employers and make it easier on the HR department to not have to be the sales and marketing uh, team for the wellness and health benefits really goes a long way to making HR's job easier, but also because our, you know, our paying customers, the HR department, but also makes the end user's life easier who's receiving the benefit of a wellness program because now they know what they're getting. They're being talked to every day. We usually do this in the name of the management of the company with their approval and their tone and their sign-off of the language and the messaging. And it really provides a service to, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's sort of like, uh, you know, it's not just the benefit that you give. It's how you communicate it and how you roll it out and how you get people to know that they can take full advantage of it every day of the year. That's what we bring uh, to help get participation up. As a result, we have companies that have 90 to 95 percent utilization and participation of Kias, where they follow uh, our CRM program and we work with their IT departments, where companies maybe uh, are more siloed and don't have a tight integration with IT and HR, it's more challenging. And so what we do is we use what we call the truth ploy. At the beginning of every Kias uh, implementation, we have a kickoff at the employer's offices and we take a day, sometimes two days, to make a plan. And that plan is based on goals and objectives that are mutual to the employer and mutual to us and that we sign up to them. And then we work on tactics and execution about how we will get them to those goals over time. And it's amazing how uh, supported 
HR executives feel when uh, they understand that we feel their pain uh, with regard to rolling out and communicating to employees because it's a whole other job and it's a whole other expertise. And at Kias, we brought in a direct marketing team to just do this, to do to handle the communications and uh, CRM for health and wellness because employers don't have the time to do it. Yeah, if you if you don't have enough participation, let's say you only hit fifty to seventy percent participation, which actually most people would consider that pretty darn good for wellness. The risk is that fifty to seventy percent are going to be your naturally more engaged people anyway regarding health. So it's your healthiest people that are going to be participating. And the people that really are at most risk are the ones that are leery of wellness activities. And so you're you're missing you're you're number one, you're missing a big opportunity. And then also you got the risk of actually having skewed numbers. You're gonna say, Wow, this we have great results, but it's because you're kind of ignoring the unhealthy population. So is it overly optimistic for a client to say, hey, we think we can be among that 90 to 95% utilization group? Or is that, uh, do, you, do you really recommend them to be, or do you think that's realistic for them to be setting th- that kind of goal? Oh, well, I, I think it's totally realistic, provided that there's a commitment to um, onboard and distribute the program after the point of enrollment which is really about the, the, the relationship management with the end users. It's the marketing daily of the program. So, for example, we have found that most programs historically around health and wellness, aside from going to the doctor, have a 5 to 10% participation rate. And instantly, right off the top, we will say we can guarantee uh, we'll double or triple that right off the bat because we know that our program will be more uh, engaging than the, the flat program or the non-online program that was rolled out prior to us. That's a good starting point. Then we'll work with the employer to say, is everyone in the, in the company going to be onboarded in an ele- electronic way through email and or their phone? And this is where it gets very interesting. It's absolutely realistic to get everyone into a program if you have a way to communicate with them. One of the challenges we found and insights we've developed over the last year is a company might have 10,000 employees, but only 5,000 of them have email. And as a result, 5,000 aren't directly reachable every day on a moment's notice by the employer. And then as a result, for a employee benefit program, like a wellness program, to then reach those employees, they have to figure out how to get to those unconnected people. We call this the digital divide, and it's a meaningful and real challenge with regard to improving health in America, where health is provided to over half the labor force through America's corporations. Of those corporations, over half of the employees are typically not connected digitally to the employer. So if we're going to make a proactive uh, case and an impact on improving the health and wellness of Americans, we actually have to have a way to connect with these people online, or we know we're going to have an uphill battle sending them paper mail, which is typically what gets thrown in the wastebasket. So we encourage employers to get everyone connected, and we're working with our employer customers uh, as partners to get everyone connected and analyzing the online topography of the corporation we work with so that we can show the employer this isn't just for Kias. This is for the employer to have a better working relationship with the employee. It helps them manage their workforce better. 
It helps them communicate corporate objectives and priorities better. It also helps them administer benefits such as health and wellness far better because now they can reach the end users. That's the first step. The second step really involves biometrics. We'll ask the employer how many of your employees have received a biometric screening in the last year. And it's all over the map. Some very progressive employers are up to 100%. But the average we've seen is closer to 25 to 30%. Typically, the management layers and management of people, uh, people managers uh, and up um, get this as a, a perk as part of their health plans. We ask and encourage that the employer benchmark and biometric screen everybody in the company who has health benefits. This allows us and the employer to target the high-risk populations within the company with a program that's tailored to them. Without having the biometric data and without having online access to those people, it's very hard to get 90% participation. With both of those things, imagine what can be done. We can now talk to every employee in terms that are relative to them about their own risks and how they can improve their health and their lives. It's a very powerful thing, but it requires two, two critical path components, online access to email or to a phone, and second, uh, biometric uh, screening data to assess risks and benchmark. Josh, assuming you have an employer that, number one, takes the steps to uh, engage their audience that you're talking about, and number two, has senior level support and is doing a good job of promoting this, what kinds of results are you seeing from an employer like that? Well, I think uh, first we'd say it's, it's inning one in terms of employers really doing what they know they need to do about health and wellness, and that we're going from an offline world of insurance and health benefits to an online world where uh, everything can be tracked, recorded, and reported on. And so employers are really in the preseason of getting organized around all the best practices to communicate and articulate benefits and management of those health and wellness benefits to their employees. Having said that, where we can get an employer to engage at the senior levels and to uh, roll out a comprehensive online program to reach their employees, we're seeing uh, immediately more benefits. Employees are happier, employers are more productive, and they're healthier from a, on a self-reported basis and they're more collaborative and team-focused because of the experience that was driven from the, the team-based approach. Some examples, um, Chilton Hospital, 94% uh, of employees after 90 days said they were happier. 88% were more productive. 74% said they were healthier. These are the employees themselves. And 88% said they were more collaborative and willing to work with teammates than they had prior to the KIAS program. At St. Lawrence College, same thing. 91% were happier. 73% more productive, 91% felt they were healthier. And th this is self-reported, I want to clarify, because the biometrically improved health won't come until another 18 months. But our leading indicator is how does the employee feel about themselves? Do they feel they're healthier? And 88% said they would also be more willing to work with teammates and be more collaborative. The Cheesecake Factory, who's a key customer of ours, 84% said they were happier, 73% more productive. 90% said they felt healthier, 8% said they were more willing to work with their teammates and be more collaborative at the workplace. These are the kinds of things that are, we would call the leading top-line indicators that drive productivity and drive efficiency and drive results of the existing workforce. The bottom-line savings of health will have to come and be measured as we go and reduce risk factors over the two- to three-year mark. But until we get there, we have to have leading indicators and milestones to track effectiveness participation, and performance. 
And of all of these three employers I'm citing, we're seeing well over 50% participation across all three. And all three, I also would add, had less than 10% participation in the incumbent programs prior to our being partnered with them. So that's an average of five times improvement of participation that is sustained and dramatic improvements over productivity and morale in the short run on the way towards healthcare cost reduction in the midterm. So those are self-report where when the employee first began, you asked them a series of questions. And then at the end of a given time period, you asked them a set of questions. And then you're comparing the before and after answers. That's correct. Josh Stevens, CEO of Kias, thank you for joining us on Game Changer. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. You can get more information about Kias at kias.com. That's K-E-A-S.com. You can contact Josh at josh at kias.com or follow him on Twitter where he is josh underscore kias. And we'll provide all that information in our show notes for this episode as well. You can find that at engagingleader.com forward slash GC16 as in Game Changer episode 16. If you enjoy this series, be sure to check out the weekly leadership podcast, Engaging Leader, where my guests and I share more ways to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Until next time, remember, life is short, so keep it fun. You can find both Game Changer and Engaging Leader podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, and on our website at engagingleader.com. To stay up on the latest news and trends in internal gamification, join the Game Changer group on LinkedIn. We'll automatically direct you to our LinkedIn group when you go to engagingleader.com group. Subscribe to our e-digest at engagingleader.com newsletter. When you do, we'll send you a free copy of Jesse's ebook, Eight Communication Tools for Leaders. You can also follow Jesse on Twitter, at Jesse Leahy, and like us at facebook.com slash engagingleader. Game Changer is a production of Aspendale Communications, a consulting firm that helps mid-sized and large employers attract top talent, engage employees, and deliver superior business results. Find out more at aspendalecommunications.com. Our thanks to Joe Sherwood, our producer, Tom Hitchcock, our programming director, James Marler, our sound engineer, Cliff Ravenscraft, our podcasting advisor, Dustin Hartzler, our website engineer, J.J. Leahy, our video and web intern, and Peter McIsaac, who composed our theme music. 